Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I'm really pleased to have with me Dolores Hirschman on the line. She is the Chief Clarity Officer at Masters in Clarity, a strategy and coaching company that guides business owners and entrepreneurs through the clarity of vision, message, and market strategy to to develop the blueprint needed for the next level of growth. So, We're going to talk a lot today about how to actually achieve that. How do you ascend to the next level of growth in your business? Dolores, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. So tell me a little bit about your background. I'd like to know a little bit about how you came into this, becoming a strategy uh, a strategy coach for companies and achieving the level of clarity that you can then teach and propose for your client companies. Simple answer. I wanted to be an actress. No, nice. I'm joking. <laughs> All right. Um, so I was born and raised in Argentina and I did want to be an actress when I was graduating from high school. And then I said, well, maybe not an actress, maybe a film director. And my dad said, okay, okay, go to business school. Then we can talk. And that's what I did. And it was miserable, but I did it. And it was great in that it allowed me, it gave me, so I'm very creative, but I'm also very practical and action-oriented at the same time. And while I didn't love studying business, it was a great learning and and kind of framework learning so that I could put my creative ideas and turn them into something. So if you could say that I've been in the pursuit of ideas all my life and, and, and in love with ideas all my love, all my life, and that I love the 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 process and the journey of turning something intangible, something creative, something innovative, and figuring out how can we make this part of the world having an impact in the world today. So so that's like the short story, like a short version, if you want. How did it actually happen? I grew up in Buenos Aires. I ended up marrying an American. You never should date. Those American guys. You should know, never right? go on a blind date with the Amer- the American tourist, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not supposed to be a date. It was supposed to be take the American out for dinner. Here I am, four children later, and I live here in the U.S. And in my journey, as I settled here in the U.S. and tried to figure out, okay, where do I want to spend my professional career? And I always juggled, by the way, the motherhood and profession. And I tell my husband that I, I've been 100% of a full-time mom and a full-time professional or employee. And he says the math doesn't fit, but the math actually fits for me because I define what 100% means. And so the way I kind of 
did my years of young children was starting businesses. Why not? Like it's the easiest way to do it. If you start a business, you are your own boss. And so I've been in that journey, kind of putting my creative ideas into business form for many, many years until when I was 38, I said, okay, I, my LinkedIn looks like a hodgepodge of stuff. What do I do with myself? And who am I really? Am I even employable? And I know you and I talked about this a minute ago. And that's when I went back to school and I started coaching. So the truth about Masters in Clarity is that I combine strategy and best business practices with the skill sets of a coach. What does it mean? When my client doesn't take action, I don't tell them to do it. I ask why they're what's stopping them. And when I ask what's stopping them, I can uncover whatever is inside of them that is acting up and stopping them from taking the action that will grow their business. And you'll be surprised, but the fear of failure or success, they're both the same. That's actually really interesting because like, uh, you know, when you're putting together like a new project, right, or some kind of new business venture, you know, there could be such a thing like starting a podcast, for example, right? The surest and fastest way to bomb your podcast is to immediately start thinking about, well, what happens when I become famous, right? <laughs> yes. You freak out. You never said it. <laughs> yeah. You, you freak out and you never do it. It's like, oh my God, are people going to be like knocking on my door, like trying to get autographs? And I'm like, well, that hasn't happened yet. Thank God. Right. But at the same time, you know, it's like you do actually implement something and you, you implement some type of legacy right? Where you're building a business that hopefully is not just about you, right? That And that it is portable, that you can employ other people so that they can do the work for you. And then, you know, like when you see those people, you know, like, you know, showing off their Lamborghinis and their Rolexes, like you don't see the 10 years of hard work they put in in order to achieve that position, right? You just see the net result afterwards, right? And, you know, like when you're trying to achieve that, it's like sometimes you just look a little bit too far, right? You look like a little bit too far ahead. You don't look at, okay, what's the next step, right? Like, don't get it, like, like, don't get overwhelmed with, you know, what's the next step, like what, what's 10 steps ahead or 20 steps ahead? You know, what's the next step today, right? Exactly, exactly. And here's the thing, I believe in sustainable lifestyles and sustainable lives. And I'm not talking about global warming here. I'm talking about if you're going to build anything, a family, a marriage, a partnership or a business, you better enjoy the day to day. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. Because the truth is the Lamborghini moment or the private jet moment it's just one moment that comes after many, 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 many moments, days, nights that you have to endure. So if each of those moments, if you are in charge of your business and you're not loving or at least enjoying most of your day today, I would ask, where are you going really? Because you can't bottle up for the moment that you get that Lamborghini because the Lamborghini mm -hmm. is not going to pay off 15 years of misery. Yeah, that I agree with, uh, with you 100%. Let's go into your one big tip. And this is actually really interesting because I hear this tip a lot, right? But I don't necessarily hear, you know, the actionable steps, right? And the one big tip is all about the actionable, ste actionable steps here. So it's use LinkedIn. You say that you, that you can reach out to five potential customers on LinkedIn on a daily basis and try to establish a relationship with them. 
my experience with LinkedIn, right? And I recently got, you know, the sales navigator version, right? So I have the little gold thing. I can now message more people. I find that that a lot of it is headhunters, right? You know, that people are trying to, or other digital marketers that are trying to, you know, that are trying to find me, right? Let's talk about your LinkedIn tips, right? On how to use LinkedIn in order to, in order to bring tangible and new business into your wheelhouse. How does that work? Yes. And before I answer that, I'm going to put in context of something I believe, which is I don't teach sales funnels, although we all have to sell, um, but I teach trust funnels. Okay. And so at the top of the funnel is where you meet people. And I call it the first date. So there's many, 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 many ways to have a first date in today's marketing strategies. So the LinkedIn strategy that I shared with you, Jeff, is one version of a first date. So what does that mean? Is what if I am really clear of who I want to date? What do they look like? Where do they hang out? What needs do they have? Right? Target audience clarity. Wow. If only Tinder was that clear, right? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, you could. But once you have that clarity, you say, okay, where do these people gather? I'm going to give you a very specific suggestion. Let's say that you serve athletes. And you go to the association of uh, NFL players and there's a database there and you can probably see NFL players and you see them, the active players, the past players, whatever. And so then you start finding who these people are and you find that name in LinkedIn and you send them a private note. And when I'm saying private note, it's not a robot. It's, hey, Mary. I saw that you published this article. I was intrigued by it. I would love to learn more or love to connect. Five private messages as if you were writing a personal note and leaving it under an office or on someone's desk. And then you establish a conversation. Why do you do that? Because it compounds. If you do this every day for five days, you'll have 25 outreach by Friday afternoon. Of those 25, let's say percentage-wise, let's say what, 40%, 30% even acknowledge or respond. And then you have, let's say, 10% of that response say, yeah, sure, let's hop on a call. Now you have a stream of potential one-on-one conversations that didn't cost you anything other than some time and that are actually the actual people you want to talk to. So what's interesting here is that, first of all, you're not talking about automation, right? Not yet. Not at this point. Not not yet. You know, what's interesting is that um, I've noticed over the past, I don't know, like, and this really just happened recently. Like I would get like, uh, like, like two to four friend requests, you know, whatever the, the LinkedIn equivalent is per day. And they all use the same language, right? Like even down to the same, you know, cheesy joke, like, like, oh, and we leave no rock unturned type thing. And it's like, so gen- it's like a generic and B, you know, like, like very unique. Right. So you think that they're saying something unique and then I see seven people using it and I'm like, okay, wait a second. You know, like what's going on guys. It's going around. <laughs> yeah. Someone, yeah. Someone's script is going around and I almost, you know, for market research and for funsies, you know, I just want to write back to these people and like, Hey, you know, we're not going to do business together, but you know, where'd you get that script by the way, you know, just try to figure out, you know, what it is that's going on. But sorry, but let me ask you this. My experience with this, right. Is that I'm getting, I wouldn't say inundated, you know, like I said, two to four a day, right. Right. It's not an unmanageable 
amount, but at the same time, it's usually they're all, it seems like they're all trying to sell me the same thing. Right. And I think at the end of the day, I just become a little bit jaded to it. Right. How do you like, what tips do you have it that would not sound a scripted and B, you know, something that would actually elicit some kind of response as opposed to someone like me who just goes ahead and ignores them. Perfect. Couple of parts to this answer. Number one is, and, and if you're listening to this podcast, this recording, just understand that there's strategies and tips that you're going to hear across your tenure as a business owner that might be right for you right now, or you might be either maybe too soon or too late. So, so timing is important. Timing is critical. Like right now, I'm personally not using this strategy today. I was two months ago, three months ago, but right now, no, because this is a momentum strategy is that you get this ball rolling for, let's say a month and then you got to pause it or you're going to go crazy. Okay. So, so there is, it's not like strategy is a strategy and the implementation of it requires a strategy as well and requires some context. So, so you just have to be aware of when is this a right, this is a perfect strategy, let's say for December. When business kind of goes down, things slow down, you start to panic and you start to worry about your cash flow, in, in, incorporate this. This was great in April when COVID hit. This was great seven years ago when I was first, first starting. So there is absolutely a timing to the strategy. Number two, you know, you can go kind of blanket outreach and you're going to have somehow success or you can be very targeted. For example, I do a lot of speaking. So I think here's a strategy I could do if I wanted to. I could go and look at everybody you have interviewed in your podcast and I could say, hey, and the, the, the V, v what is it? The, the VV virtual. So Baba virtual. Baba, Baba virtual. So I yeah, could Lauren and Melanie. To, yeah, to the to Melanie and say, hey, Melanie, I know you were in Jeff's podcast on this date. I was just interviewed by Jeff. I would love to connect. And so now that's not salesy. That's we have an, a common experience. We have Jeff in common. And the chances are that I'm real is higher. So Very if, much so. If I'm not going to automate, I might as well make it really real. So I do that a lot. For example, if I'm speaking at a panel or if I'm speaking at an event with multiple speakers, I for sure will do that. Not just to sell, Jeff, to be honest. I honestly want to connect with those people. Maybe not with everybody because it might not be a good match, but most of them I would. If nothing else, simply to connect from speaker to speaker. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, that brings into mind the logic that LinkedIn uses to not show the connection count of how many people you're actually connected with after you about 500, right? That's it. Right. Right. 500, you know, and then it's private, right? I mean, I can see how many people I'm connected with, right? But uh, no one else can. They just see 500 plus. I'd say rarely I use that as a buffer. Well, really good buffers when I get some, uh, you know, like some millennial who says, oh, I'm going to automate your leads and do this. And they have 147 contacts, you know, it's yeah, sorry. No, that's not going to work. Right. <laughs> but, you know, but when I, but I do look at these, right. I do look at each and every one and I do sort of think about like, okay, you know, where are they geographically? You know, are they, are they, you know, in the U S or in, or, or are they working in a compatible industry? 
you know, something that I'd like to connect with. And also it's not so much about, you know, friends collecting on LinkedIn. It's also about increasing the second and third degree connections that you have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. So I guess what it, I, I guess what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to get to here is that there is a numbers game aspect to this, right? But there is also an art, right? So the science is, you know, you do this five times a day, five times five is twenty five, you know, times four times four is you contacted a hundred people in the month, right? What about the art though? What about so we already talked about you know finding that commonality instead of just you know someone copying and pasting your title and say oh hi uh, you know I see you're doing great at executive executive director at jeffmendelson.com you know how are things with COVID? I was like oh, God, please, really? Did you put a lot of thought into that? Right? What would be some of the ways that you can really uh, you know like really personalize this? Like in addition to what you said about you know having that common connection on the podcast. Perfect. Let me read you some. I'm actually literally opening my my LinkedIn. Awesome. Suzanne, your, experiencing, your experience is impressive. It looks like you're doing amazing work and I would love to connect. That's pretty as generic as I use. Like that's the most generic I would go. But I did spend a minute looking at her experience. So that's one that I would use. Let me see what else I have here. So here's another thing. One of the things that happens as you're having these conversations is some people will say, will not answer. Some people would say, thank you, but not connect anymore. Others will want to reach out to you. So here's the, 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 the if you want discrepancy or, or what might happen. Let's say that you are someone who has a lot of followers, five, six, eight, 10,000 followers. If you're reaching out to someone who has less than a thousand or under two thousand, you're kind of more of an influencer than they are. But you might be seeing them as a potential client. Fair enough. And so what happens is that person's going to say, "Oh, great, great connecting you. Let's hop on a call." And you're not ready because you're still dating. And 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 if you are in that kind of strategy and you have a growing business, your time is very limited. So you want to really pre-qualify that person to see if this is a good either partner for networking or collaboration or potential client. And so that gets tricky. And so the way that you manage that is you say, hey, let's continue chatting here. And then and you ask them a question. I'm pretty booked because I'm traveling. No, you can't say you're, you're traveling right now. But let's say that it's saying I'm, I'm booked for the next couple of weeks or I'm on vacation next week. So let's chat over here so that you can also manage your schedule because this strategy, I guarantee this strategy works and it works so well that it can become, that you can spend the day chatting with people and that's not a good use of your time either. It has to be a little bit of a balance. By the way, I have a team around this and I have a, a what's called SOP, a standard operating procedure around it. It is an art, but it's a systematized art in my case, in my company today. But again, I've been doing it for seven years. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a really big fan of SOPs. They really do help. They help with training, right? Because HR happens. And uh, they also help with, uh, you, you know, helping people understand how is the Dolores way of doing things or how is the Jeff way of doing things. And each one is unique, you know, depending on the type of uh, the type of work and the, the type of work that we pursue and the type of work that we that we do for clients. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, cool stuff. Dolores, can you please let everyone know how they can find you at Masters in Clarity and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd love to learn more? 
Absolutely. You can come to mastersinclarity.com or the same in Instagram or Facebook. And you can hop on a call with us if you go to mastersinclarity.com. There's a little button that says start here. You can press the start here button and schedule a call with us. Beautiful. Dolores, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun and also pretty eye-opening. I love engaging on these topics and just nerding out on the uh, on the best strategies in order to bring in more customers into your wheelhouse. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me. 